Hey, good morning, TRC. Today we're going to continue in our series throughout the Ten Commandments. But before we jump in, I want to give you a couple of announcements. The way we do giving here is if you're here in person, you can give in the back via check or cash, or rather you're here in person, watching in online, listening to the podcast later. Anyone can give by texting the word GIVE to 479-777-4264. Want to remind you that on Wednesday nights we have our youth, and also in the lobby today we've got a couple of storage bins, a couple of ice chests that we have brought so that you guys, so that we can all give to all of the families and people who need our help in Pickens, Oklahoma. So just place it in there and we'll make sure that it gets to them. All right, find your Bibles. Go with me to Exodus chapter 20, verse 15. A reminder of what the Ten Commandments are. They reveal our need for God. They, they remind us that there is a standard that has been set by Jesus Christ of perfection. And Romans 3.23 is the reality that all of us have sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. And we need a Savior. And at the same time, they push us into holiness. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 15 says, you must not steal. We're going to pray and we're going to jump in. God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place. We're asking God that you'd speak into our hearts and into our lives today. Help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. But God, more than anything, help us to live your word out. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. Amen. You must not steal. Well, the root cause of stealing, I believe, is a lack of trust in God. So I want to rewind just a little bit. So we're in Exodus chapter 20 is when the Ten Commandments are being delivered to the people of Israel. And let's rewind back to Exodus 16. Now, we looked at this in the fourth commandment on keeping the Sabbath holy. It says, these are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. This is Speaking of the manna, the bread from heaven, pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, Jesus is speaking about prayer. And listen, what he, listen to what he says. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. The reality is God knows every one of our needs. And not only does He know and understand every single one of our needs, but He is more than enough to provide for every single one of our needs. And stealing is a lack of trust in God because he is provider, but when I take for myself that which is not mine or I'm dishonest in my dealings or in my finances, I'm saying I don't trust God to handle this. I don't trust God to provide. I can remember the very first time that I ever stole. Please don't get up and leave. But I was just a young boy, and we were planning a church in Glenwood, Arkansas. Now, 
The church back then was right next to this little convenience store gas station. And a buddy of mine at the church had told me, hey, after church, let's go over here and let's buy a bunch of gum and candy. The problem was I didn't have any money. And when I asked my mom for money, she didn't give me any money. Oh, but the Lord provided because right before service, my dad came and gave me $20 to put in the offering plate. Well, I decided that it was, I would be better off using that $20 to go down to that convenience store, gas station, whatever it was, and buy candy instead of putting it in the offering plate. So I took that $20 that my dad gave me and I put it in my pocket. Well, the problem with dad being a pastor was after church, he and a couple of the elders are gathering and they're, they start to count the offering and, well, there's no $20 bill in the offering. And I'm telling you, me and my little friend, we were having a little party in that convenience store and my mom walked in right as I was about to hand that cashier the $20. And I just knew I was in trouble. I got in enough trouble that I still remember it to this day. <laughs> Had to put everything back. And the reality is, I mean, my, my dad made sure I knew I, I was wrong and my mom made sure I knew I was wrong and they explained to me that I was stealing from them, I was stealing from the church, and I was stealing from God. Now, I know most of you guys are judging me right now, and you're sitting there and thinking, well, darn, EJ, I sure am glad that I'm not like you. Well, listen to what Luke chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 says. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked. So this is, these are people coming to be baptized by John the Baptist. And they asked this, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. So John begins to change through the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and through the power of God, he begins to change the way they did business. Because it was customary. It was everybody, every tax collector always collected more than what was actually due because that's how they made their living. And well, Roman soldiers, they would always extort money because after all, they've got the power, they've got the muscle, and they can throw you in jail and they can make false accusations. So you better go ahead and give them the money if you don't want to end up in jail. And this was just normal. Everybody did it. And John says, well, just because everybody does it doesn't mean it's right. And so maybe you never took $20 out of the offering plate. But I wonder what is it maybe in your line of work that everybody does that's just a little bit dishonest. You ever round it up, round it down? Have you ever, uh, I don't know, have you, have you ever just taken the extra change that the cashier gave you without letting them know that they made a mistake? Have you ever, have you ever just took it as a blessing when they forgot to charge you for an item? Or when they undercharged you for an item. Or maybe you've 
gone out to dinner with your friends or with your family and you were served, you were attended well, and then you didn't leave a tip or maybe you left a really sorry tip. I, 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 I really think that it's a sad thing that a lot of waiters and waitresses hate to work on Sundays and not, not because of the Sabbath, not because they want to go to church, but because that's when a bunch of church folks come in and they're horrible tippers. I would argue that maybe we stole from them. If they served us well, they attended us well, and we didn't tip well, and we weren't generous, man, that's just not the way it ought to be. And so John is saying, hey, I'm not, stealing isn't just taking money from somebody, but it's being dishonest in any way. And I'm going to draw a few principles out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, because I want us to be today like the tax collectors and the Roman soldiers that came to John and said, hey, what shall we do? What should we do different? Just because everybody else in my job or everybody else in my career or everybody else in the field that I'm in does it that way doesn't mean that we should as well. Remember, this is the Ten Commandments are now holding us to a higher standard. They're pulling us into holiness. And so Ephesians chapter 4, 28 draws out three principles for us. He says, if you are a thief, quit stealing, number one. Instead, use your hands for good hard work. That's number two. Then give generously to others in need. That's number three. So number one, stop stealing. When we steal in whatever shape, form, or fashion it is that we choose to. But when we steal, what we do is we trade the provision of God for whatever that item is. I'm choosing to take it into my own hands instead of trusting God with it. And so if I'm going to steal by adding extra hours to the job or adding extra material to the job, or if I'm going to steal by adding um, other costs to my expense account or paying for other people's foods with the company's money, whatever it is. If I'm going to steal in that way, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trading God's provision because God does not bless anything that is taken or that is, yeah, that is taken in the wrong way. And I'm trading God's provision for whatever that item is that I've taken. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 2 says, Tainted wealth has no lasting value, but right living can save your life. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. <laughs> in other words, it, you may feel like you've gotten away with something, but you're actually losing something. And maybe we feel like we've gotten ahead, but if we've gotten ahead, but then lost the Lord's favor and the Lord's provision, we've actually fallen way behind. Hopefully I don't have to convince anybody in here anymore to stop stealing. So we'll move on to number two. Ephesians 4.28, the second part says, use your hands for good, hard work. Number two, start working. Start working. Genesis chapter 2.15 the Lord God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. I want to remind you that work is not a curse. 
Work is a blessing. Because even Adam in the Garden of Eden, when life was absolutely perfect and there was absolutely no sin in the world, he still had a job to do. He still worked. Because work is a blessing, again, it is not a curse. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, 4 and 5 says, Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. So not only is work a blessing, but we see that God blesses hard work. And I want to read this scripture again. Because I want us to understand when it says lazy people are soon poor and hard workers get rich. I want us to understand this is, this is not always financially. This doesn't mean financially. Just being rich, we can be rich in so many other ways. But what it does say is God is going to bless that. If you're going to work hard and you're going to work hard to provide for your family and you're going to put your trust in God as you do work hard, God is going to bless that. And then listen to me, all of you. All of you my age and younger. Now, don't check out if you're older than me, but my age and younger, listen to me. I want to speak to you, especially those of you who, are, who, who now have jobs starting your families. Listen to this. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Now, listen. Don't waste your strong years partying it away. I know that a lot of people think that in your young years, it's time for YOLO. It's time to live your best life now. And I'm telling you, that's the wrong way to look at it. Now, I'm not saying don't enjoy life at all. Yes, enjoy life. And if you're blessed financially and you're able to do some things, go ahead and do some things. But listen to me. Plan for your future as well. Don't waste away your strong years partying and, and spending it would be so much better if we would take the advice of, of a man named Dave Ramsey and lived like no one else so that later we can live like no one else. And I know all of your friends, they're, they're, they've got the shoes and the purse and the belt with the G on it. And I know they've got all of that cool stuff and it, they just look so good on Instagram and you've got to have it too. But I'm telling you, if you would discipline yourself, and if you would work hard today, you'll get to live like nobody else tomorrow in your future. And you'll be able to provide for your family a life that everybody else wishes they could. If I could say one more thing about this is stop trying to get overnight what it took your parents 30 years to get. Don't go swimming in debt, trying to keep up with your parents or your spouse's parents. Work hard, be smart, trust in God, and allow God to provide for you. Watch how God blesses and multiplies for you as you work hard. And I know everybody, everybody needs a day off. And, and man, there's, in, in today's culture, this, 
there's this topic being talked about a whole lot about mental health. And listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to be insensitive and I'm not trying to be, uh, make light of the situation, but listen, taking a mental health day to stay at home and watch a Netflix series about a cannibalistic serial killer is doing no good for your mental health. It's not helping you out at all, y'all. Get up, get to work. If you need a mental health day, if, you, if, if you're serious and you really need it, then spend a day with God. Spend a day with family. And watch how God blesses. He will bless your hard work because it's what his word says. Find joy in your work. Give it purpose. Set some work goals. And here's one of the ways that we can give it purpose. The last part of Ephesians 4.28 says, Give generously to those in need. Start giving. What's the opposite of stealing? Well, giving. What's the opposite of taking what is not mine? Well, giving what is mine. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9-11 says, Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Now listen to this. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. The reality is stealing is self-centered. It's me-centered. But we're not called to be focused on ourselves. No, no, no. We're called to love God, to love people, and to change the world. We are blessed not just for ourselves, but we are blessed to be a blessing. And giving destroys the entitlement mentality. The I deserve it. And it's okay and I'll add the extra hours and I'll add the extra material and the extra expense because after all, I deserve it. And when we're focused on ourselves, it's so easy to take from others that which is not ours. But when we're focused on others, it destroys the entitlement mentality inside of us. And we reflect the generosity of God. I want to read one more set of scriptures to you. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Should people cheat God? Now, other versions, instead of using the word cheat, say rob should people cheat or rob God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And then God replies, you have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heavens for you. 
I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I want to break this down real quick. So God says, you've cheated me, you've stolen from me, you've robbed me. And the people reply with, how is it, how could this be so? And God says, because you've not, you've cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. Now, we got to understand this. The tithe is the first 10%, and that belongs to God. That, that is the way that we say, God, I trust in you. Remember, remember, stealing is, is, is a lack of trust in God. So when we give the tithe, when we give the first 10%, we're saying, God, I trust in you. I know that you are enough, and I believe that you are provider. And I can choose to keep it and put my trust in myself and in my ability, in my own ability to provide, or I can give it to God and trust him to provide for me. And then God goes on to say, not you've cheated me in this way. And because you've cheated me, there's actually a curse over you. You didn't, you didn't even realize it. But you've been cursed. He says, but if you do, if you'll bring the tithes to my temple, to my church, to my house, if you do, he says, I will open the windows of heavens for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a, de a delight. When I give my tithe, I'm putting my trust in God. I'm, I'm acknowledging, I know he's the one that's provided. It's, it, in reality, it's all his. If we rewind and, 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 and know who these people were, they were an, an agrarian culture, which means they were all farmers. Like Polk County on steroids, everybody was a farmer. And not just for your tax benefits either. So they're all farmers. And, well, who sends rain? And who makes the sun shine? And who makes the crops grow? Well, God does all of that. So God is saying, trust me with that first 10%. Not the last. Not with whatever's left over, because that's a tip. We don't, we don't tip God. He says, but if you'll trust me with that first 10%, you're going to see how I'm going to bless you. Now, the last thing I want to do is guilt anyone into giving or tithing that's that is not the way we roll here matter of fact that's why we don't pass an offering plate there's not going to be an offering plate or buckets being passed out after service today there never has been because we don't want to guilt you into it but what i do want to do is encourage you to put your trust in god i do want to encourage you to watch, to step aside, stop trying to provide for yourself 
step aside and just do what his word says put him to the test so that you can see the blessing of God over your life and listen to me one more time I'm going to speak directly to all of you younger people young the younger generation starting your families I can think of no better way to get your finances right and in order at your home and as a strong foundation and to put God first and to trust God that he would be your provider for your family, for your home. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence, for your love. I'm asking you, God, today that you'd speak into our hearts, that you would speak into every single one of our lives today. And maybe, maybe some of us have an issue that we weren't even aware of. And maybe some of us are very much well aware of the issue that we have. Wherever it is that we land with this subject, I'm asking you, God, that you'd help us all to begin to trust in you, to put all of our trust in you when it comes to our finances and when it comes to our provision and believe that you are our provider. And if we've been dishonest at work or in our fi personal finance, or if we've just not br brought the tithe to you, God, we... We ask that you'd help us all to repent, to turn away from that. That we would start working for those that are not working, that they would begin to work, work hard and work for a purpose, and God, that we'd start giving. We'd, that we would live a life of generosity and not of entitlement. Because you have called us to be people who love you, who love others, who change the world. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen.